sex for grace was trending number one in Ghana most of the day yesterday. How have you how have you seen the reaction to to this since you did it? Oh, uh, I'm glad the conversation. Uh, sex for grace was trending in Nigeria and was trending worldwide as well. Um, I'm I'm honestly glad this conversation is happening because it, it doesn't end at just here. A lot of people are dealing with their personal um, you know, personal hell. And I hope that this gives them some sort of courage to go out to report. I hope that it gives um, institutions uh, determination to stamp it out as much as possible. What was your motivation? I heard you say in the intro how you had your own personal issues. Tell me a bit about the, the process it took you to, ag to agree to lead such a, a work because it's a, a difficult kind of report and it's not a very easy approach to use. So talk to us about the thinking process behind how you decided to finally settle on this approach. Um, well, like you say, it's, it's, it's not, it can't be an easy thing to do. But if you're talking about why or how I survived going through the investigations, uh, knowing that I myself had been a victim before, I would say it was passion and drive. On some days, it gets really hard. You know, as a, as a journalist, you have to do your job. But honestly, if you're passionate about something, on the days it gets really hard, passion drives you forward. So uh, it was more of a journalistic instinct. All my all my years, as my six years in broadcast journalism, I've always, you know, felt like I have a duty to use my voice to uncover the truth as as much as possible, and to stand up for young women who have who, and to amplify the voices of young women who have, you know, lost their voices. So it was it was really easy for me to want to start doing this project. But during the project, of course, it wasn't easy at all. We spent over a year putting this together. Before even talking about the conduct of the uh, university authorities and the lecturers, I noticed you spoke to victims and almost all of them wanted you to hide their identities. How difficult was it yeah. getting victims to open up to you? And what were the kinds of things they were telling you about why they had not come out to say anything, even though they, they'd been harassed and abused in, in, in these places? Uh, to be fair, I'm going to put myself in the shoes of a victim, knowing that I've been through this before. It took me a long time before I was able to talk about it openly. Uh, for one thing I know is the culture of shaming. In this part of the world, we have this we have this way of life where a person comes, a woman comes out to say that she has been sexually harassed or abused or you know any form of harassment or abuse, and somehow we we start to shame her. Somehow we put all the shame on her. A lot of people make excuses for perpetrators and then they leave shame for victims. So I do understand how um, how hard it must be. Let's not talk about the emotional burden of coming out to say that you were violated. It, it's not it's not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing to talk about, you know, behind those doors. And then it's an even harder thing to talk about in the open uh, with, with the attention of media and society. So. Um, no, I, it wasn't easy getting someone to come out. As a matter of fact, I was okay with not having a victim come out to... We were okay as a team with not having a victim come out to uh, put herself under that um, media frenzy, on that, uh, in the line of fire. I, would, I just really wanted them to share their story uh, as much as possible. And if my voice is the voice that shares the story, I'm definitely happy with that. 
But um, the kinds of things we heard and the kinds of things we saw while we were gathering our evidence, I have only one word for it. So far, I've searched, and it's shocking. That's mm. it. So in the BBC thread on Twitter, the reading is this. Sex for grades. University lecturers harassing female students, pressuring them for sex in return for grades or admission. It's a scandal that has gone on for decades. And then you said you ask BBC Africa Eye to investigate. This is what we found. So this Africa Eye, how does it work? Is it citizens who pitch potential stories to you or do you know something that you then ask people to give you for more clarity because some are wondering for example how you you got the some of the lecturers who you decided to target was it based on reports from the students themselves or how, how did you arrive at these these four people oh we didn't decide to target anyone uh investigation was conducted in two phases the first phase involved nine months nine months of intensive investigation and research. Um, and then the investigations led us to the universities. So we, we spent a, a total of nine months, yes, investigating inside University of Lagos and University of Ghana before we even knew who we were going to film, before we even thought about filming. And during this period, we, 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 we were seeking uh, to find out how bad the problem I mean, in our minds, we know that this is the problem, but we needed facts. We needed a sense of skill to know how heavy the problem is. And we were able to ascertain that, um, yeah, we were able to ascertain how bad the problem was and ascertain who, what lecturer was culpable. Uh, during this period, we interviewed over 60 students, and um, 60 current and past students. Some of them were current students, some of them were past students. And then that's what led us to um the inter the, the lecturers we ended up investigating now bbc africa i you asked how it works it's it's an investigations unit and what uh bbc africa i does is they make investigative documentaries for the bbc world service that's it some people think that the caption or the title was is a misnomer because you, you did for, mm. the, for example in the ghana case you did not actually prove sex for grades although we saw Professor Jampo in positions speaking to students, which many people consider inappropriate, or somebody is supposed to be a student. Mm -hmm. And the, the same for uh, Dr. Mm -hmm. Paul Kwame Butako. Some people feel that sex for grades was not proven, mm -hmm. and that you probably could could have used a different name. What What's your comment on that? Um, well, I'd say that first of all, yeah, there's three sides to it. I'm going to start with when people say rape culture, they don't say that rape culture means everybody raping everybody. Is the culture that allows these things. Sex for Grades is a, a, an investigative film, but it's also in many ways me revisiting the things that I faced. I was asked for sex in exchange for grades. And everything that in this video is like a, a testament, a, 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 a pattern. Yes, everything that happened in the video is a pattern that leads to, the, you know, Sex for Grades is a very wide spectrum. We have from inappropriate comments, making students feel un uh, unsafe in her space, uncomfortable. It doesn't even have to be unsafe. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. You're there to teach, not there to comment on her body. You know, and sometimes it's asking them out on dates. The spectrum is so wide. Sometimes it's, you know, touching them inappropriately. Sometimes it's full-blown abuse. You know, so it's a spectrum. It starts from the, as little things as inappropriate comments and it ends on the other side of the spectrum of sex for grades and that is a culture that happens in universities and that's what we wanted to cover we wanted to uncover various elements that perpetrates that culture of sex for grades. 
in, Niger in universities in West Africa. So in, in terms of University of Lagos, we have seen uh, letters su suggesting that Dr. Boniface Igenegu has been uh, suspended. Uh, his church has also disassociated themselves from him taking some action. And all this happened after a meeting yesterday. Um, is, is, is that the type of reaction you were expecting? Or do you feel Unilag could have done more? There is no mention of Dr. Samuel Oladipo, the economics professor mm. at the tail end of the movie, whether because he wasn't directly seen. So, I mean, wh what's your evaluation of what the University of Lagos has done we, so far? We had a digital cut uh, that featured Dr. Boniface uh, that would probably probably explain why um, he was at the, four, at the first center. Of course, not mentioned that the things that people saw on camera were unwatchable. Um, but yes, we, what we do as journalists is we offer the truth. And what the people do is people hold their institutions accountable. So the journalists help the people hold their institutions accountable by uncovering the truth and, 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 and sharing news. So that's what we've done. And we encourage people to hold your, um, we encourage people to demand for better treatment for women. You know, hold the institutions accountable. And institution like UNILAG is beginning to hold its um, lecturers accountable, which is a step in the right direction. Definitely is at some of the point of where we wanted this. And it doesn't, it doesn't just stop there. As much as possible, we should all hold all of our institutions accountable and the institutions to put down policies, which, um, UNILAG finally did in August. Uh, University of Ghana has always had sex harassment policies, but as much as possible, these policies should translate from paper to actual political will to protect our girls, and that's mm. it. Now, now, Kiki, University of Ghana's response has been rather muted in a sense. So we, we interviewed Dr. Jampo himself, and he says that the uh, footage was edited to show him in a position that was unfair and he says that nobody has proven uh, sex for grades from him and he also says that the person he was dealing with he knew was not a student of his or was not was not mm. his student was not his student now in in relation to the university itself um, the 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 chairperson of the committee on uh, sexual harassment says that although the behavior of the two jampo and butako may be inappropriate they don't see Mm. how you can stretch that to be sex for grades. What, who are you quoting right now? So, Professor Amwakuhene, she is the chairman of okay. the Committee on Sexual Harassment. We spoke to her yesterday, and her point is that although the behavior of the two may be inappropriate, we cannot characterize that mm. yet as sex for grades. I mean, what's your, what's your comment on, on, on that University of Ghana response so well, far? I'm just, um, I just heard that for the first time. I mean, what we did is, again, put out evidence. Institutions would, would be able to use that evidence to, if they if use, use that evidence to prosecute or to hold accountable for whatever they think is. This is what we can see, what you can see on camera. So the, the chairman, did you call him again? So this is Professor Amwakuhene. Yeah, who, uh, he's the chairman or what? She, she is the chairperson of the uh, uh, sexual harassment committee. They have this committee on the university campus. Okay. That See, came up with a policy on sexual harassment. Thank you. The sexual harassment committee chairperson should definitely look at what we have and make of it what she will. 
I'm a journalist, not a sexual harassment policy chairperson. If she if she says that with what we've done by uncovering the truth, this is what this is the punishment it deserves. That 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 conversation lies on her desk, mine. Finally, Kiki, are you are you expecting to see a Me Too kind of response? We've seen some of this in the Western world where after, I mean, the Harvey Weinstein case, for example, where a lot of people come out, I'm sure you're expecting to see that level of, um, or, or let me rephrase the question, would you be hoping that that type of uh, outcome would ensue where people who've been abused or who've, been, who've gone through this would also come out and share their stories so that there's a more broad-based response? Yes, that would be, uh, that would be a, another wonderful outcome of this. I, in many ways, myself personally, beyond me being a journalist, I definitely want to tell people, because I know what it feels like. My 19-year-old self did not have anybody and did not have anybody. So I want, to, I want all the people who are literally in that position to feel like, to not feel alone to feel like they have someone. And if they feel like they can come out with their stories and they can draw inspiration or bravery or, or, or strength, strength actually, if they can draw strength from the film, then that's the power of film that I'm happy has implemented. Yes. Thank you for talking to us, uh, Kiki, and congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. So that was Kiki Modi. She's a journalist and she is part of the BBC uh, Africa I team and uh, just a little bit more about Kiki she is um, a radio presenter uh, on BBC World Service assignment and also WFM 917 she's a filmmaker she's a journalist she's a storyteller and uh, she led this job so time check is 846 lots of arguments about this I'm going to take you through some of the reactions shortly but let me wrap up with Vivian in studio